All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. I am your host, Devin, and as always, I am joined by the one and only Cody, my co-host. How are we doing tonight? We're doing good. We're, you know, we're burning that midnight oil here a little bit, but we are we're doing good. Looking to, forward to wrapping up our draft capsules here and getting draft week started off on a high note. Yes, we have our last episode of Team Profiles. Today we're covering the AFC North. And coming up on Sunday is when we'll record. It'll be released on Monday. But we will be doing a full 32-pick first-round mock draft. We're both going to come up with some, and we're going to go through it pick by pick. Hopefully it won't take too terribly long. We don't want to keep you here for two hours, but um, we'll try to keep it to an hour. But it should be a fun episode. Looking forward to it. But for right now... We're going to go ahead and start with some news coming out of the AFC North. Cody, what do we got? News coming out of the AFC North. We have a ton of it. Yes, there has been a lot this offseason. Lots of news uh, centered around this division, mainly with the Cleveland Browns. Cody, what do, I mean, what's going on with that team? Well, they signed Deshaun Watson or traded for Deshaun Watson um, in one of the bigger moves of the offseason. Uh, acquiring him for and a sixth round pick for three first round picks, a third round pick, and two fourth round picks. That is a lot of picks. Um, and giving him $230 million guaranteed on a five year deal. That's a lot. Um, that is a lot of money. So, quarterback of the future there. They also signed two more quarterbacks, which is funny because they still have their old quarterback of the future, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> sitting on their roster. They do. They uh, signed Jacoby Brissett and Josh Dobbs, I'm presuming his backups. I don't understand why you would pay Deshaun Watson $230 million and not start him. But one of them may end up started because we haven't seen whether or not Deshaun Watson is actually going to be suspended by the league. Um, I think they're still doing their investigation. I'm not quite sure when the results of that will come out, but... It will presumably be before the season. Yeah, and it's safe to assume that even if Baker Mayfield stays a Brown, that he won't be suiting up for the Browns anytime soon. Um, in other Browns news, they paid the man, uh, Denzel Ward, getting a hundred mil, uh, five-year, hundred and a half million dollar extension. Uh, yep, good for him. year old. Set for a very long time. He's proved himself a great corner in the league. Um, hopefully he can continue that up. Um, yeah, good for him. Good for him. And yeah, he, he joins fellow teammate with the $100 million contract, Amari Cooper, who they acquired in a trade with the Dallas Cowboys, who signed a five-year $100 million deal as well. Yeah, so lots of moves to the Browns. Kind of interesting to see at the same time as they – uh, I mean, they drafted Baker and Denzel Ward in the same year, and they paid Denzel Ward and Baker's on the outs with the team. Not really what was expected, um, but not really the production that they were hoping to get uh, out of him. So they're going in a different direction. That they are. That they are. We shall see how it plays out for them. If Deshaun Watson is suspended, Cody, I mean, do you think it's Jacoby Brissett or Josh Dobbs who takes the starting spot? And how do you think they fare with one of those two at the helm instead of 
um, the quarterback that they assume would be starting, Deshaun Watson. I mean, it's got to be Brissett. Um, with his experience over Dobbs, I mean, he's just seen the field in Miami. He's seen the field in Indianapolis. He's seen the field in New England. Um, lots of experience for Brissett. I think he can definitely get the job done. Um, not necessarily to lead the team to huge successes, but to keep the team afloat while Watson were to be sidelined for however long. Um, I mean, I think they can lean on that running game should that happen also. I mean, that Chubb-Hunt duo might be the best running back duo in the league. Um, yeah, I would lean toward lean toward Brissett, uh, and they'll lean on their fourth rushing offense and their top five yardage defense to carry the load should that happen. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, in other news, we do have some tragic events that have taken place in uh, the recent week or so. Quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dwayne Haskins, was tragically hit by a car um, in Florida and was killed in the accident. Um, so thoughts, prayers go out to his family, um, his wife. We uh, we are with you in this. We're so sorry that it happened. We, man, uh way too soon for Dwayne, not just as a football player, but just as a person. I mean, he's 24 years old, uh, very saddened by this news. Um, so we wish all all the best for his family and his wife in uh, the coming weeks, days, months. Yeah, from all of us here at Roughing the Podcast, we send out our best wishes and our condolences to the family um, and to the Steelers organization. I know a lot of people on that team uh, we're really devastated by the loss. So our thoughts and prayers go out to all that were affected for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so moving on from that, we will jump right into the AFC North team profiles. We're going to start with the dwellers, uh, the basement dwellers of the division, the Cleveland Browns yet again. Cody, what do you, what are you thinking of the Cleveland Browns offseason as a whole? Where do you see it going from here? Uh, what are your expectations out of the draft? What do you got? Yeah, so I'm going to start on that offense, right? So, like I said, they were the fourth uh, fourth in rushing yards, um, 27th in passing yards, uh, 20th in points. Um, so a pretty mediocre other than that rushing yards. They don't need to make any changes in the running game. They didn't make any changes in the running game. Um, they, like you, like we mentioned at the top, they got their quarterback, they got their number one wide receiver, but they also lost a receiver. I mean, Jarvis Landry was obviously a key contributor for them and he's gone. So is Richard Higgins and so is Austin Hooper. Um, and so is JC Treader. So those are some key pieces on that offense. And so I definitely look for them, even though they also picked up Jakeem Grant in the off season. I look for them to go after another wide receiver to give, whether it be Watson or Brissett, whoever ends up quarterback in that team, another weapon uh, I think is important for them. And also maybe looking at that center spot to um, center spot to replace J.C. Treader. Uh, big loss for them up front. 
uh, to try to protect protect their quarterback. But this is a tough team to talk about the draft because they burned a lot of draft capital in that Watson trade. Yeah, I would completely agree with you. Um, surprisingly enough, they still do have three day two picks. They have the 44, 78, and 99 overall picks, but they do miss out on the chance to even try and snag uh, the top center in this draft in Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. So I'm not really sure that they can really go after a center in the draft unless it's a day two pick, but there's not a whole lot of them out there. They might have to try and convert an offensive guard on the roster or even get one in the draft who they might be able to convert into a center for a year, maybe two until they can find that long-term replacement for Treader. Um, Kind of a surprising move that they moved on from him, but We'll see how they handle that situation moving forward. Um, what are some other uh, positions that you see them in need of on that team? Um, I mean, we mentioned wide receiver, O-line, uh, defense. Um, they lost Tack McKinley and Jadavian Clowney, so could definitely see them going after. And Malik Jackson off that defensive line could definitely see them going after a defensive lineman, although I'm sure they'll try. They traded for Chase Winovich. From the Patriots, I would assume they'd try to turn him into a solid role player, but could definitely see them um, going after um, some front seven help to give uh, to send some more backup for Miles Garrett to take the pressure off him up front. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't really have a lot of help on that defensive line. Um, they've lost a lot of people this offseason. So that would definitely be somewhere where they would need to um, maybe pick somebody up in the draft. I mean, you've got a defensive tackle in Travis Jones who might be there in round two. You've got David Ajabo out of Michigan who may, unfortunately, because of an injury, be there in round two. There's rumors of him going late round one, but I personally don't really see that happening. Um, The only injured person that I see really going in round one would be Jamison Williams. Um, but David Ojabu is just not that um, well-rounded, polished player that Jameson Williams is. So I think he falls into round two. The The only downside with that is they wouldn't possibly get him until later in the year. So if, if they can find a short-term replacement or they think they can get by with what they have on the active roster, then they might get David Ojabo back later in the year. And if you do, he's pretty much a top 15 pick if he's healthy. So you're getting a top 15 prospect in the second round, which is a great steal all because of an injury that might not even keep him out for the entirety of the year. Absolutely good analysis. Um, definitely some some potential targets for them to make use of the draft capital that they still maintain after that trade. Um, as our resident AFC North expert, any just – and overall insight thoughts on this Browns team at this point in the offseason? I really don't know what to think of them. I mean, Deshaun Watson's a, a huge question mark. I mean, we know what he's capable of, but will that year off affect him? Will all of this negative coverage actually affect his play? And we still don't even know if he will see the field in 2022. So that's a huge question mark for me. If Deshaun Watson is on the field at least half the year, I think they have the ability to compete but I think it's going to be another letdown year for the Browns overall, especially because they've lost so much of of their defensive talent. I don't think their defense is going to be quite 
as dominant as it was last year. Um, and it, I mean, it was kind of middle of the pack when they were good. I mean, yeah. Um, I don't really know exactly what to think. I mean, you've got Amari Cooper as the wide receiver one on that team, obviously, but do you really have a solid wide receiver two? I don't think so. I think it would benefit them to target one in the draft either. Um, I mean, you got Christian Watson and Sky Moore who are probably going to be there in round two. Um, they might go a little early, but Cleveland's got the 12th pick in that uh, second round. So they could easily maybe snag Watson or more. Um, and then if they can't get them, I mean, David Bell will probably be there in the third round. So they could get him with either one of their picks, I think. Um, but bolstering up that wide receiver room is a necessity because you can't go in there with only Amari Cooper. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, they had the 13th ranked scoring defense, fifth in yards. Uh, they were fifth in passing and 12th in rushing, but they're in a division where I think the Ravens offense gets better than they were last year. We'll talk about them here shortly. And I think the Bengals get better than they were last year and they were already great. Um, we'll see on the Steelers. We'll, t we'll talk about the Steelers here in a little bit, but they're in a division where those offenses are only getting better. So they, that defense needs to stay on par to keep up. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned the Baltimore Ravens. Let's move on to them. Um, has kind of been a quiet offseason for the Ravens. Not a lot going on. I would say their biggest signing was Marcus Williams, the safety. Um, I think he's a great addition to this defense. They really needed some safety help, and I would argue that they still need some defensive back help in the cornerback position, um, but that's something that I think they'll be able to tackle in the draft given the depth of that uh, position in this class. Yeah, I mean, they only had six, like, additions or keeps this offseason. Uh, but, I mean, Marcus Williams is a big one. Clayus Campbell, although he's getting up there, can still play a role on that defensive line. So can Michael Pierce. Um, so definitely some quality signings. But I feel like they lost a lot of pieces. I mean, they lost two wide receivers, two running backs, Alejandro Villanueva and Bradley Bozeman off the offensive line, Brandon Williams and Justin Houston off the defensive line, Pernell McPhee, Deshaun Elliott, but they replaced him with Williams, so that's not bad. I mean, initially, you look at the production they got from Freeman and Murray last year at running back, but that doesn't concern me because they they get the, uh, J.K. Dobbins back this year, and I think that he can definitely be their guy at running back. Yeah, absolutely. I I really liked J.K. Dobbins as a rookie prospect. I was devastated to hear that he got injured. Baltimore was riddled with injuries last year, um, so that definitely affected how they finished in the division, how they finished in the conference as a whole. Um, so they're going to get a lot of players back from injury. But like you said, they have lost a lot of pieces. Recently, they actually lost wide receiver Miles Boykin. So that wide receiver room is basically pretty empty outside of Marquise Brown. So you need wide receiver help. I think they did get some help in the safety position, but they they just need that depth. They need defensive line help. Um, there are some positional needs. Obviously, every single team has them. But I do agree with you in the fact that I think this offense is going to get better when J.K. Dobbins comes back. Um, and I think they will be better than they were last year. I just don't know how they're going to stack up against the rest of the division. 
we shall see towards the end of the episode when we give our predictions. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of focusing on the defense, but I mean, you look at, they could use a slot corner. I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, they're starting for like that depth that you were talking about. But I mean, Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, you don't get too many better cornerback duos than those two. And then Chuck Clark and Marcus Williams at safety, like that's not bad um, at all. Yeah, I think I think it's mainly the the depth pieces because you want more than two cornerbacks. I mean, your safeties are going to have to help up um, when teams are running those two, three, four wide receiver sets. So if you only have those two starting cornerbacks and no depth, then you're going to get beat on those plays and teams are just going to package against you. So having a good, good slaughter nickel quarterback cornerback is going to help out tremendously. And I think there are some good ones in this draft, but I I'm beginning to start to think that their main concern in this offseason or this draft upcoming next week is going to be that offensive line. And I think that's where they're going to go in the first round. Amen to that. Like we said, they lost two starters. I was looking at their depth chart here. I mean, I know who Ronnie Stanley is, but then Tyre Phillips, Patrick McCary, Kevin Zietler, and Morgan Moses round out that that offensive line, they struggled last year because their quarterback got hurt. They need offensive line to keep him upright. Yes, absolutely. And if you look at our spreadsheet, Cody, four of my round one prospects that I would see Baltimore picking in the first round are offensive linemen. You've got Tyler Linderbaum at center, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa, Trevor Penning, and the interior offensive lineman who could play guard or center depending on where you really want him. I think he's more of a guard as a whole, but he could be adaptable and play that center position in Zion Johnson out of Boston College. The only other prospect I have on that list is defensive tackle Jordan Davis, but I don't think he makes it to 14. I think he probably gets picked before that. And even if he is there at 14, if Trevor Penning or Linderbaum are there, I think they probably go with them over Davis because there's just a bigger need on offensive line for this team. Yeah, I mean, 57 sacks given up last year. That's the biggest number we've seen so far. Uh, yeah, and really the only addition that they made in free agency would be Morgan Moses at tackle. So you might see them maybe waiting until round two, but there's just not that top-tier level talent in round two or three with the offensive linemen as there is in round one this year. Devin, I love me some Hollywood Brown, and I think Rashad Bateman showed some promise as a rookie last year, but I think this team needs another wide receiver. I do as well. I just don't see them paying um, a, a 14 overall pick for one. There will be a wide receiver there at 14. I just don't think that this team takes the shot there, especially given the depth. I mean, I mentioned earlier uh, Christian Watson and David Bell, both of those guys, uh, round two, round three, Sky Moore, round two. They could get one of these guys. I, I'm i leaning more towards the Christian Watson, um, David Bell, uh, Drake London. If they if Drake London's there at 14, they might look at him. Um, but those contested ball types, Sky Moore is more of the speedster, which is somebody that you already have on that team. And I don't think you want both of them. I think you would rather have somebody who is similar to Miles Boykin, 6'4", 220 somewhere in that range of size that can go up there and get those contested balls, um, be a red zone target that 
Hollywood Brown is just not. He's not that guy. He's more of the open field, yards after catch kind of playmaker. And that's what Sky Moore is. So I think they avoid Sky Moore and they go more towards the David Bell, Christian Watson, Drake London type wide receiver in this draft class. Do you think there's any substance to the Antonio Brown talk? <laughs> um, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. I can't understand. Like, yes, he is a great talented quarter or wide receiver, but just his track record of how he's leaving teams and how he can't stay out of trouble off the field. Like, why would you want that in your organization? He is not healthy for any locker room. He's not a veteran leader like you would expect him to be for somebody who's been in the league since 2010, 2009. But he's just not that. He's not that leader. He's way worse than that. I don't understand why you want young guys in the same locker room as somebody like that who is going to give that negative energy. And just it's all about Antonio Brown. That's all that it's ever been. He's not a team player. Um, he, we saw it in Pittsburgh. We saw it in Oakland at the time. We just saw it in Tampa Bay last year. The dude literally got off the field, took all of his clothes off, and ran off the field and never looked back. With Tom Brady as his quarterback, Tom Brady recruited him to New England. He came to Tampa Bay because of Tom Brady, and then he leaves him in the dry just like that. So I don't think, even if you had somebody that Antonio Brown wanted to go play with and play for, he's he's shown in the past that he doesn't care about that, and he only cares about himself. He cares about the money. He's not in it for his love of the game and for the love of his teammates like it's just not there so personally i would avoid it at all costs even with floyd mayweather's offer of 20 million dollars to whichever team signs him and gives him a chance i i just don't see it happening especially in baltimore i mean i think with the ravens you got a team with a lot of promise i mean they were they started the season eight and three they did and And with all that injury issues Right. I mean, they the they beat the Bears to make them seven and three and Huntley was already starting at that point. Um and then they end on a six game losing streak and go eight and nine. Like there's talent there, but definitely issues that we talked about, offensive line, get a receiver help, get fronts. I mean, that passing defense was dead last in the league this last year. Um and with that secondary that they have did uh, those starters, you need, obviously, some help up front to make it easier for those guys to make plays. Yeah, absolutely. They are playmaking, um, or they do have playmaking ability in those cornerbacks. So if you get a decent pass rush going, somebody who can not let the quarterback have seven seconds to throw the ball, then, yeah, you're going to have a solid defense. Um, definitely a better passing defense. I think they do improve in that area. And that's the main reason that I had cornerback on their list. I mean, like we said, it's a depth piece. And then if you get front seven help, that should help out that pass defense and that defense in general. And I see them getting better this year. I see their offense getting better, um, especially with J.K. Dobbins coming back. Overall, I think they will be a better football team than they were last year. And I don't see them having another six-game losing streak anywhere in the season in 2022. Great call. Great call. With that... Oh, boy. Here it comes. I'm not going to go too crazy, Cody. Give me some credit. We're moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, we are. Yes, sir. 
Let, let's, <laughs> let's start with last year. Because I'm sure you've got all the opinions on what they're going to do this year, what they've done this offseason. But let's start with last year. Okay. On paper, they weren't great. They were no. They were 21st in scoring offense and 20th in scoring defense. They were 23rd in yards on offense and 24th in yards on defense. That might be the worst numbers we've seen for a playoff team to this point. Um, I think the there's definitely bright spots. Obviously, the defensive player of the year is a bright spot. Obviously, a rookie running back that uh, rushed for 1,200 yards is a bright spot. Um, I think Deontay Johnson's a bright spot. Uh, but with that, there's obviously areas to improve so they don't get trounced by the Chiefs in the playoffs again. <laughs> That's a fair point. You have you have me there. Here, I mean, yes, the numbers aren't pretty, but I am always amazed about how this team finds that way to win. And it all comes back to Mike Tomlin. I mean, you see every single analyst talk about this exact same thing, the grit and the perseverance that Pittsburgh has, and they're able to find ways to win. I mean, a lot of those points came in very, very close games. Some of them were some blowouts, but they lost to the Chargers 41-37. They lost to the Vikings 36-28. to um, Let's see here, 23. I guess they won that one. Um 26-17. So they weren't like huge blowout losses, but they also weren't super, super close. The games that they won were pretty close. Um, some of them were over a one-score victory, but a lot of the points came in a couple blowouts. 41-10 to to the Bengals, 36-10 to by the Chiefs, um, and then obviously in the wildcard round, 42-21. to Wasn't that close. Um, so I think they will improve this year. I don't think they give up the 20, 20, what did you say? 23rd amount of points on defense um, or 23rd best. I don't know what you said about their points and defense in general, but I think their defense gets better. All the respect in the world to Ben Roethlisberger. He was an amazing quarterback for us for many, many, many years. Um, I think Mitch Trubisky fits a little bit better in our offense in the upcoming year, we weren't able to really do all that Matt Canna wanted to do because Ben um, just wasn't, he wasn't a mobile quarterback. And that's really what Matt Canada's offense kind of revolves around. A um, lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of options, a lot of um, scrambling. And I think Mitch Trubisky can provide that this year, especially if they don't go with quarterback in the draft. Um, if Malik Willis, um, Kenny Pickett, maybe Desmond Ritter, um, if any of them fall to 20, I can see the Steelers taking them. Um, let's be honest here, though. I have zero idea what Pittsburgh is going to do in this draft. Um, in the Kevin Colbert area era, they've only traded up twice in the NFL draft. One was for Troy Polamalu. The other one was for Devin Bush. They could potentially do that again, maybe for Kyle Hamilton, maybe for Malik Willis. I don't really see outside of those two or another quarterback that they would trade up for any anybody in this draft class and I don't see them trading into the top 10 for a quarterback. I don't see, I don't see the need for that. There's not really a necessity outside of like Carolina taking Malik Willis at six or Kenny Pickett at six. I don't think another team takes a quarterback in the first round or in the top 10 of the first round anyway. 
Um, yeah, but there are other uh, potential picks here for Pittsburgh. Um, I could see them taking Kyger Elam, cornerback from Florida. Maybe Dax Hill, safety out of Michigan. That might be a round two pick early. They might trade up for him in round two. Um, or just sit at 20 if he's there and take him in round one if they see the potential. Um, Bernard Raymond um, out of Central Michigan, the offensive tackle. I could see him going in round one. Um, and then there's some other people in round two, but I'll talk about them in a minute. I will let Cody get in some tidbits about anything, any thoughts that he might have on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mitch Trubisky <laughs> is not the answer. I will agree with you to an extent. I don't think he is the long-term answer. I mean, we see that in him only getting a two-year contract. It's basically a tryout. Essentially, I think he's more of a filler piece, um, especially if, like like I said, I don't really see them trading up for a quarterback. If Malik Willis falls, I could see them taking him, but he's kind of a boomer bust prospect. We've seen that um, in a lot of analysis. He's either going to succeed a lot or he's kind of just going to fizzle out and go his own way and not really have a career in the NFL. We're not 100% sure what to think of Malik Willis. Kenny Pickett is the more polished, more well-rounded, more NFL-ready quarterback. I think Desmond Ritter is even a little bit more NFL-ready than Malik Willis is. Um, but I think they signed Mitch as maybe some veteran leadership, somebody who has a little bit more experience in playing quarterback. Um Definitely has more experience than Mason Rudolph. Um, maybe to groom one of these rookie quarterbacks, or maybe they'll wait until after this year and go after quarterback next year. But I think if the season of 2022 comes and Mitch Trubisky is our quarterback, I don't think we will be worse off than we were last year. I think we'll be able to deploy a more um, fast-paced offense than we were, and I think it might throw some teams off by... Uh, might throw some teams off in general, and I think it could potentially produce some better numbers than what we were able to do last year. Yeah. So as far as offseason moves, I really like what the Steelers did with that offensive line. I do as uh, well. Resigning uh, a core four and signing James Daniels, I think, is huge. I like the Miles Jack signing at linebacker. Um, I'm just going to talk some some potential holes that I see and I want to see if you're, if we're on the same page. So sure. I, I think with losing Juju, James Washington, Ray, Ray McLeod, you still have Deontay and Claypool, but probably could add another receiver in there somewhere. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, we did um, get miles Boykin from waivers from Baltimore and I love that he's really similar to Claypool's size. We've got the speedster and Deontay, um, he's also kind of similar to Juju. He's a little bit taller, a little bit bigger. Um, but him and Claypool are like 6'3", 6'4", at about 220 pounds. Those are big, throw-up-the-ball, red zone types of guys. Um, and throw in Pat Frymuth in the red zone. We've got three incredible red zone targets for wh whoever is under center for us this next year. But like I said, I do agree with you in the fact that we should probably shoot for a wide receiver. I don't think it's the first round. I don't even think it's the second round. I think it's probably third or fourth. But given Kevin Colbert's track record, I think he can uh, he can do that. He'll find somebody. He's pretty good at finding diamond in the roughs when it comes to the wide receiver position in the later end of the draft. Yeah. Um, let Eric Ebron go. I don't mind that at all. I think Pat Fryermuth is a perfectly good tight end one. Um, yep, absolutely. Um, you lose Terrell Edmonds and Joe Hayden. 
uh, I think secondary is probably an area to address in the draft. Yes, 100%. Um, like I said, Kair Elam in the first round, maybe Trent McDuffie. He's not really the best fit for our defense, but he's still an incredible cornerback. Um, Roger McCreary out of Auburn might be a target in the second round. Um, great cornerback there. Uh, there's a lot of talent on that defensive back um, front in this draft. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, like I said earlier, if he falls to 20, I don't know why Pittsburgh would not draft him. Um, even over Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, any of those guys. If Kyle Hamilton is on the board at 20, it's a gift from the gods. Why would you not draft him? Incredible, incredible prospect. Um, but if he's not there, if they don't get him, Dax Hill, maybe they trade up early into the second and they get Dax Hill. Great safety out of Michigan. Um, he was a junior, so he's got three years under his belt. Um, and, I mean, we have a great, great uh, safety already in Minka Fitzpatrick, so great person to learn under. Um, we've got the defensive-minded Brian Flores on our uh, coaching staff now. Um, he was an incredible defensive coordinator for um, the Patriots when he was there. He beefed up Miami's defense when he was the head coach, so I think he'll be a big help on that defensive front as well. Um, we also re-signed Akella Witherspoon, who showed – really, really bright flashes later on in the season for us. And they even got uh, Levi Wallace corner from Buffalo in free agency as well to kind of beef up that slot corner um, in depth positions. I think he might end up being the starter if they don't draft one of these uh, shutdown corners from the draft. Deb, you guys had the worst. You gave up the most rushing yards of any team last year. Is that a need that... Is that a need that's been addressed already, or is that where and how can you guys use the draft to address that? Um, well, so Joe Schobert was actually picked up from Jacksonville to kind of help out with that, and we really didn't see it all that much. Um, we did lose Stefan Tuitt didn't play for us at all last year. He'll be back this year. Um, like you said, you loved the Miles Jack signing. He's going to be incredible for our team. He's got that veteran leadership. Um, for Devin Bush, who's kind of struggled uh, since his ACL tear a couple years ago. So I think just just with the additions that we've made already, I think it beefs it up and getting Stefan to it back, adding Brian Flores, like I said, great linebacker coach. So he'll be able to coach up Devin Bush in the uh, run game as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe they go with Jordan Davis. If he falls, I don't think they trade up for him. I don't necessarily think he will fall. Um, but there's some defensive tackles in the third, fourth round that um, could definitely be rotational pieces for us as well. Yeah, all all good call-outs. How do you feel about your team at this point? In the Look, I, I never once said that we're going to win our division this year. I don't expect it from them. But if we were able to get second place in our division at 9-7-1, and one, almost tying the Bengals at 10-7, and seven, with Ben Roethlisberger and even Mason Rudolph for a game as our quarterbacks. I mean, any quarterback that we get at this point is going to be an upgrade from the 18th year of Ben Roethlisberger's career and Mason Rudolph. So I think we do improve. I don't know if our record necessarily shows that. I think we'd probably come out around the same, um, maybe nine and eight, nine, seven or, uh, 10 and seven, somewhere in there. I don't see us going negative. Um, we have yet to see that under Mike Tomlin in like 15 years, 16 years. So 
Um, I don't understand why people would expect that now, especially just given Pittsburgh's grit and perseverance like they've shown in the past. So maybe second, maybe third place, depending on how Baltimore improves, maybe even Cleveland to see how they go. But I think, I mean, I think similarly to this year, Pittsburgh is going to have a, a well-balanced division. I think Cincinnati might pull ahead a little bit just because they've uh, improved their offensive line. So a lot of their sack troubles aren't going to be there as much as they were last year. Um, so I don't really know where to put Pittsburgh at this point. I, I find them somewhere second or third place in our division. I don't see them as fourth place team. You're not going to like me in a little bit. But I, I, I get it. I understand. We'll, we'll move on to... We'll move on to the uh, AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals here. Um, you said it. They had one glaring issue. Well, they had a couple glaring issues, but the biggest glaring issue last year was that offensive line. Uh, Joe Burrow took 51 sacks. That's a lot. But they're like, we don't want that to happen anymore. So what do they do? They go out, they sign Lyle Collins to a three-year deal. They sign Alex Kappa to a four-year deal. They sign Ted Karras to a three-year deal. Boom. There's three immediate starting offensive linemen to help him out. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you. That is, it. honestly... Even if they only sign two of those guys, that's an immediate help that they absolutely need. And that takes five, 10 sacks off of their total. I mean, adding all three of them, you could see 12, 15 sacks off of that um, last year's number. And that's incredible. I mean, especially if you, if you think that even two of your offensive linemen from last year are going to develop a little bit um, from last year, then you're going to have a, a much improved offensive line. Um Sadly, late in round one, I don't think they can really find all that much help um, in the offensive line position. I mean, really, maybe Tyler Smith from Tulsa as a tackle. He might be there. Um, I kind of see Alex Kappa and Ted Karras as their guards. Maybe Karras goes into a center position. Uh, but, I mean, there are still free agents out there. I mean, we talked about J.C. Treader in our last episode. He's an incredible center who could be a plug-and-play option for this offensive line. And he would be incredible. And that would be four immediate starters for them in free agency, let alone anybody that they take in the draft. Yeah. And I mean, I think they obviously made that their focus in free agency. And I think that lets them uh, lets them look at defense in the draft where, I mean, they do need help. I mean, they were uh, seventh in scoring offense and 13th in yards. Defense, they were more middle of the pack. 17th in scoring, 18th in yards, 26th in uh, against the pass fifth against the run but that's what sticks out to me there is that they were also fifth and fewest rushing attempts allowed and I think that's just because their offense is so explosive teams really couldn't run the ball against them they had the pass to try to keep up uh, but they weren't very good against the pass and you saw all the heat that Eli Apple got after his four performances in the playoffs in the Super Bowl especially um, they re-signed him but I think they need and they re-signed Jesse Bates. I'm a big Jesse Bates fan, but I do think they need more help in that secondary. They uh, franchise tagged him, so they only have him for this year um, as long as they don't re- or extend him before like June 15th or July 15th or something like that. So he's he's actually set to make almost $13 million this year just on the franchise tag. Yeah, which, I mean, I, like I said, I think he's a key piece for that defense. 100%. But I think 
that they could really use an additional pass rusher to go along with Trey Hendrickson. I think they could use more secondary help. Yeah, absolutely. I um, They're also in need of a tight end as well. Um, that's definitely not, a, not a... Not a Hayden Hurst fan? No. Um, not, not as much as CJ Uzoma. I thought he was incredible for them last year. Sadly, he found a better contract with the Jets. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of talent in round two, round three of this, uh, this upcoming draft. You've got Trey McBride out of Colorado state and Jelani Woods out of Virginia. Both of those would be great tight ends. And I mean, you can develop them under, um, the experience of Hayden Hurst, but I don't think Hayden Hurst fills the role that they really want. Um, a hundred percent. I think if they draft a tight end, it's more of a rotational kind of thing giving the the rookie some reps, and then next year, two years down the road, he takes over that full-on spot um, of their tight end one. That's very that's a very fair assessment. I mean, like I said, I think there's obvious holes that this team can still fill, um, but they have the draft to do it, and I think that they're in a position to succeed. I mean, that offense is so young and so talented, and like we said, got better with that offensive line help shore up that defense, uh, keep the offense off the field or on the field more, sorry. Um, and they're, I think they're in for another season of success. Yeah, absolutely. They're definitely one of the AFC tops, AFC's top contenders. Um, definitely the top contender in the AFC North. Um, in my opinion, Cody, I have seen some, some things as of late talking about how the Bengals should look into taking a running back this year in the draft um, in either Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker. What are your thoughts on that? I know where I stand. I've always been a Joe Mixon fan. Um, I don't think it's a glaring need. I think there's other needs that you don't need to reach or you don't need to take a Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker high when you can address these other needs. Um, I mean, it seems like Mixon does have bouts with injuries most years, and they haven't really had a good backup. So maybe if you could find that diamond in the rough in the middle rounds, but I wouldn't extend a higher pick to, for one of the top running backs when you have Mixon, who when he's healthy is perfectly capable of handling the load. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, completely agree. They should not take a running back in this draft. If you see mock drafts with Cincinnati – taking a running back. Don't trust it. Don't do it. You will not see that in our mock drafts coming up this Sunday. Cody, let's uh, close this episode out with some predictions for the AFC North. What do you think? Go ahead and put us at fourth. I understand. I get it. I know. I know. I'm going to cheat. You're going to cheat? I'm going to cheat. What do you mean you're going to cheat? So we'll start at one. Cincinnati. Um, Okay. They... Had they addressed their biggest need in a big way? Uh, another year for Jamar Chase, another year for Joe Burrow. Um, that offense, I think, would be one of the best in the league. Uh, and I think that puts them over the top in this division again. Um, number two, I think the Ravens. Um, I don't think you see Lamar miss a ton of the season like you did last year. They were. Really good with them. Won a lot. They beat good teams, won big games, beat Kansas City. Um, I think that they 
are a gritty team like you talked about. There's a lot of gritty teams in this division. They're another gritty team like like Pittsburgh, and I think that they edge out second place in this division and compete for definitely compete for a playoff spot with some of those teams from out west. Um, but now here's where I'm going to cheat. Um, one of these other teams is going to compete for a playoff spot, in my opinion, and it's going to depend on Deshaun Watson. If Watson plays more than 10 games this year, I think it's the Browns. I think that with Watson and those running backs and Amari Cooper and Miles Garrett on that defense, I think that the Browns are the team that pulls out third in that division is competing for a wild card spot at the end of the year. But if he doesn't, I like, I'm kind of running this division based off quarterbacks. And if without, um, without Watson, I think that the Browns quarterback situation gets worse than the Steelers quarterback situation, which I never would have thought I heard myself say, because <laughs> I'm just not high on Mitch Trubisky. Um, I, I do have a question. I, I Who did Mitch Trubisky, who, who drafted Mitch Trubisky? Uh, some team from the NFC North that likes to trade up and draft quarterbacks. Okay, here's a follow-up question. When was the last time that that specific team made the playoffs? Um, I don't know, a couple years ago, they got killed by the Saints. Okay, who was their quarterback? Uh, that Mitch Trubisky dude. Okay, do you think that the Steelers' current roster is better than the roster that Mitch Trubisky had and the receivers that Mitch Trubisky had in Chicago when he made the playoff? Um... I mean, I'm high on David Montgomery. There's probably bias there, but I think running back, I'm going to say running back consistency was the same. Running back ceiling, I think, is probably higher now. Receivers are better uh, with Pittsburgh. Um, But I think, I mean, despite having playmakers like Watt and Minka, uh, I think that the Bears' defense at that point was head and shoulders above the Steelers' defense right now. Uh, and I think that that is the reason. I mean, you you saw that that defense embarrass the Lions and the Vikings four times a, a year for like four four years basically. Um, and they were like the defense was winning games for them at that point. I I don't give Mitch Trubisky a ton of credit in that. <laughs> I, I probably should give him more credit because. Matt Nagy deserves the least of all credit in that situation. But, and I mean, he did it twice. He didn't just do it once. He did it twice. More power to him. But his decision-making and just overall skill as a quarterback, I hope he surprises me. The Bears drafted him. I'm not saying that he is going to be leaps and bounds better than what he was in Chicago. There were definite issues when he was in Chicago, but I think the year under Josh Allen and just the year with the bills in general did help Mitch Trubisky. I don't think he's just going to be this incredible quarterback now by any means. I don't think that I still think he's probably talent wise, the worst of the AFC North and definitely bottom half of the AFC in general. But I do think he's better than what he was in Chicago, and I do think we will see that improvement on the field if he ends up being the starter week one. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I, I can get behind that idea. Um, and like I said, I think if Deshaun doesn't play more than half the year, I think I see the Steelers having a pretty similar season to what they did last year. But I just think that that season gets them third in the division this year instead of second, uh, assuming that Watson doesn't play. I mean, I think it'll be a tightly contested division. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, like, the AFC West last year. Um, yeah, that's my that's my take. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, I will go ahead and agree with you on the top two teams. I do think it's Cincinnati and then Baltimore. Um, but I just don't – I don't see Deshaun Watson playing. Why? Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we just skip over that. Yeah. I feel like you, knowing you, as I do, and your passion for your Steelers, what makes you put Baltimore above? You're going to put your Steelers there. What makes you put Baltimore above your Steelers? I I think that they're very, very close in record. I think they split the year one-to-one. Um, one. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we beat them both times last year, but it was during their six-game losing streak. Um, I see... Then splitting, going one and one against each other this year, so that kind of rules out the tiebreaker. Um, but I see their records being very, very similar, and it's probably some stupid tiebreaker that's going to put Pittsburgh behind them. But I just see Baltimore improving a lot more than what they were last year. I mean, like you said, they started eight and three, and then they had a six-game losing streak. But a lot of that was due to injury. A lot of that was just. I mean, I think you could chalk most of it up to injury, to be honest, and they get Dobbins back. They get Lamar hopefully back for the entirety of the year, um, but we'll see. I mean, we could and, and, honestly and, chalk everything up to injury at this point. If, if Baltimore is helps. injured, they'll get third place. They'll get fourth place. You know, we could do that all day long, but I think right. it's very, very close between those two teams, and I think Cleveland's probably a game or two behind as well. Yeah, and I think, I mean, one thing that I think will help Baltimore is that they, I mean, Sometimes it doesn't make a difference, but other times it does. And that third-place schedule versus Pittsburgh's second-place schedule, I think, benefits them also. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, not all of – I mean, Pittsburgh only plays uh, Vegas this year. We don't play anybody else in the AFC West. I don't know about the other three teams, but I don't think it's a whole lot. Um, we're more um, AFC East, and I think we play some in the AFC South. Um so we get to avoid that division this year outside of Vegas. So I'm pretty happy about that. Can't complain there. But, I mean, if you look at Cleveland's schedule, they were really, really back and forth. A lot of close games. Um, a lot of kind of blowout games as well. Um, they lost 45-7 to to New England. I'm just now seeing that. And that's actually kind of funny. Um, but they also blew out Cincinnati in week 9, 41-16. to um, that's kind of surprising to me, but I think Cincinnati's defense um, is going to improve. Their offensive line is going to improve. And I, Cleveland always plays tough, but at the same time, they always seem to fall short. And I don't see Deshaun Watson starting the year for the team. And if he does, he's definitely not finishing it. I think he does get suspended at some point in 2022. And that means they're going to have to lean on Jacoby Brissett, and that is going to ruin their year. Could not agree more. <laughs> and that's, that's, I mean, even if Deshaun Watson 
is suspended for six games. That's six games where I think at most you go two and four. And Deshaun Watson isn't going to go undefeated on this team. So there's going to be losses in there, probably two, three, maybe four. So that puts your losses at eight, and that puts you at nine and eight, ten and seven, somewhere in that range where I see Baltimore and Pittsburgh going. Yeah, I mean, I think that's great analysis. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you're Cleveland, you can really only hope that those games are against like some of those third place teams like uh, uh, a Houston or a uh, like a Miami, although Miami's an interesting team. Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to see Miami this year. That's for sure. So, yeah, it should be interesting. It should be a fun division. Uh, it should just be a fun conference. I feel like there's a lot more question marks and a lot more competition in that conference than there is in the NFC. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for it. The AFC is going to be a powerhouse to mess with. I think they win the Super Bowl at least for the next three years. Um, just incredible, incredible play out of the AFC. Lots of improvement. We've seen a crazy offseason. We're finally coming to the end of it, unfortunately, kind of. I mean, we still have the draft. We still got the couple weeks after the draft where we'll see that uh, a larger intake of the free agents being signed after teams miss out on players that they really like in the draft. Um, I think that's where we're going to see J.C. Treader, Tyron Matthew, Odell Beckham, um, all of those older guys who haven't signed yet. I think we see them go after the draft. We'll see how that plays out. Tune in on Monday. That's when the episode should be released of our mock draft. It will be released before the draft. I'm shooting for Monday. Um, We're recording Sunday night, so hopefully all goes well there. Um, So tune in for that. We're going to have a good time making it. And then we are actually going to be doing a live stream. I mean, it's not necessarily going to be live, but we'll release it on Friday. We are going to sit through the entirety of the first round, give our analysis of the picks, um, and compare them to what we thought was going to happen. Um, So that should be a fun one. We're going to have some guests on the show. Um, So tune in for that on Friday as well. That should be a fun one to listen to. And we appreciate all of your guys' support. Make sure you're sharing our podcast with everybody that you know that enjoys football. We enjoy talking about it. We would love to hear from you. We do have an email. It's roughthepod at gmail.com. Send us an email, please. We want questions. Um, We would love to hear from you guys. Um, Leave us a five-star review. Do whatever you need to do. Um, We really appreciate the support. Yeah, so we are really looking forward to putting out some fun content for you guys in the next week. It's going to be fun for us. Hopefully, it's fun to listen to. Get some guests on here, some new voices. Uh, We're really looking forward to it. Uh, until then, I'll leave you guys with some words of wisdom, like I always do. These come from Rhoda Jansen. Uh, in my opinion, sexiness comes down to three things. Chemistry, sense of humor, and roughing the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye.